0: Welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania podcast. Today, we have something a little bit different for you guys. We have a very special guest, a martial artist, actor, choreographer, action designer, musician, filmmaker, and member of the Jackie Chan stunt team. You may recognize him from his appearances in such Jackie Chan movies as CZ-12 and Dragon Blade, or some of his incredible short films on YouTube, including No Way Out. However, it's most likely that you remember him from his scene-stealing role as Kung Lao in 2021's Mortal Kombat. Please give a warm welcome to our friend, Max Huang.
1: Thank you so much. That's probably you the, are, you are welcome. Ever, the best introduction I ever received.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I love it. I tried. You know, I worked on it. Uh, I, I I was like, all right, what did it yeah, mention? It covered everything. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because you are so multifaceted. You have so many skills, so many talents. Uh, and that's why we're excited to talk to you today. Uh, it's It's been a while since we've seen each other all the way back probably 2016 uh, when I left China. So yeah, it's 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 been a minute and you have accomplished a great deal in that time. So we are super excited uh, to talk to you about all of that.
1: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it seems so long ago since we last met. Uh, I it,
0: Yeah, it's crazy to think that I've now been back in America longer than I lived in China, which is bonkers <laughs> for me because, you know, I was over there for almost six years. And now I've been back in America for almost eight years. So it's it's crazy how time flies.
1: It is, man. It is.
0: Now, for uh, some of our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with you, shame on them, uh, if you could just give a quick little background story, the uh, the origin story of Max, if you will, uh, where you're from, how you got involved in martial arts, uh, just so people can become a little more familiar with you.
1: Uh, sure, yeah. All right. It all started in Germany. I was born and grew up in Germany in a city called Nuremberg, most known for the trials of Nuremberg, but... Hopefully not only anymore, hopefully also because of some of my accomplishments. Anyways, um, born and raised up in Nuremberg, um, started martial arts when I was 11 years old. Got fascinated by Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan films. My father, who is of Chinese origin, introduced me to um, The Field hyena, which you covered in one of the last episodes, my favorite Jackie Chan film. and. Um, the way of the dragon with Bruce Lee that was a big one uh also fist of fury you know and yeah i just right away it, it i got hooked and um i i wanted to do the same thing as my idol so i made myself a promise that i'm gonna uh get into the movie business and try to become a martial arts star and um i started out as you know as an extra in German TV when I was maybe 15, uh, I wanted to know everything about how a set works, uh, the different aspects like, um, camera, uh, lighting, uh, voice recording, you know, audio, all of that editing. And so, um, I later did an internship at a film academy here in Germany, dropped out because I had to serve too much coffee and do photocopies instead of doing real film work. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go to China to, um, you know, get better, become an expert in Chinese martial arts, Wushu and all that. And, and I went to Shanghai, but shortly before I went to Shanghai, uh, Jackie Chan came to Berlin and, uh, he, um, promoted his movie, The Karate Kid and me as a total fanboy. Uh took a train to Berlin, prepared my showreel. Uh missed Jackie because he was covered by so many bodyguards. But Jaden Smith, the co-star of Jackie and son of Will Smith came over and uh I handed him my tape and he looked at me and he was like, what is that? And then I told him, I want to be part of the Jackie Chan stunt team, you know, and I was screaming at him because there were like 3000 people in that, uh, in that area. And, uh, he looked at me and he took it, and a month later, I was then in Shanghai to study martial arts. I received an email from the Jackie Chan stunt team asking if I was available, and uh, Jackie really liked uh, what what he'd seen, and um, yeah, basically asked me to become part of the movie. And since then, it's been probably more than 10 years that I've been working with Jackie. Big brother, as we call him, and it's been a dream come true. So... From then, I know this is a long introduction, but.
0: No, you take your time. It
1: it takes a minute to cover it all. Yeah. Um, So from then, I worked as a a stuntman as part of the Jackie Chan stunt team. And over time, I progressed from a stunt player to assistant stunt coordinator. Eventually became a stunt coordinator and action director and uh, coordinated uh, the film Bleeding Steel, which came out in, I believe, 2016 and you know some other work uh, as assistant stunt coordinator for example the foreigner which we shot in london and <clears throat> during that time i mean it was always pretty clear to me that i wanted to be in front of the camera because that was my initial goal um but i love being a filmmaker as well so i would say the like the ultimate goal for me is to be in front and behind the camera at the same time control the action and execute the action and well so I started to be to um, look into act, <clears throat> acting trying to find a uh, management trying to fight find, find an agent I went to London I went to America uh, stuff didn't work out until someone started to believe in me and um, sign me and um, I think a month later there was an audition for Mortal Kombat and eventually I landed the role of Kung Lao. And yeah, that was in 2019. Now it's 2024 and we've just finished Mortal Kombat 2 where, you know, I reprised the same role of Kung Lao. And man, let me tell you, it's been fantastic. It's been amazing. So yeah, here we are, still aiming high to, like I said, do both in front and behind the camera.
0: Yes, here we are. It has been an amazing ride. And one of the things I loved earlier is when you you said you made yourself a promise that you were going to pursue this and do this. And Mm -hmm. I'm big on goal setting. And I found that a lot of uh, martial artists, very successful martial artists, whether they're champions in the ring or, you know, kata or competition, whatever, it's that same thing. It's when you have the mindset of I am going to do this no matter what that's the most successful people. And that's why I think it's it's really fascinating that at that early age, you, you made yourself that promise. You said, I'm going to do this no matter what. And look at you now. You are the prime example of setting a goal, working your butt off towards it, and eventually accomplishing it no matter how long it takes. So that is amazing for you.
1: Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I think, you know, that kind of... Um, like... I actually want to speak to the audience as well because I think this doesn't only apply to me. It's really for everyone out there who's listening right now who has a dream and wants to do something with their lives, you know, just set a goal and go for it and don't take plan B as an option. Like, just go for it because the worst thing that can happen is you fall back on your ass, which will happen anyway, but you just have to get up and continue striving and, even if you don't reach that goal, you will land very close to it. That's that's what I believe, you know? So just keep going and believe in yourself. That's the most important.
0: I love it, yeah, because you're gonna face obstacles no matter what, uh, roadblocks, if you will. When I first got back to America is uh, when I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna finally pursue, you know, really go for my dream, my goal of becoming an amateur kickboxing champion, amateur Muay Thai champion. And, you know, I met Gavin and I's eventual sensei, uh, Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham, uh, who is a childhood hero of mine due to his appearances in films such as Riding Wrongs, where he fought UNBO and No Retreat, No Surrender. And I trained with him for a year and I felt super ready. I go into my first fight with him, I'm dominating the fight. And then at the end of the first round, I got knocked out. Only time I've ever been knocked out. Uh, just flash lights out, the, the gentleman I was fighting, uh, through the a spinning wheel kick from hell, as I called it, caught me on the back of the ear. I was out for a second, and then I thought to myself, "Oh my god, you know, wow! I just got knocked out for the first time. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this." I, I was doubting myself, and then I was like, "No, you, you. This is. Hey, it happens to everybody. We run into these kind of obstacles. Uh, you. You can't." let it stop you. If you let the first thing that gets in your way stop you, you're never going to reach it. So I love that you're giving that inspirational message to uh, our listeners, because like you, I decided, nope, I, I got to keep going. I got to keep trying And Sure enough, I eventually got there. But, you know, it, and sometimes sometimes it comes easier for some people. Sometimes some of us have to work a little bit harder. But if you don't give up, you will feel that sense of accomplishment no matter what.
1: Yep. Definitely, man. And I'm so proud of you that you are still, you know, grinding and doing all your work and just being a true martial artist, you know, and never, never give up, man. That's amazing. Even with the podcast. The reason why I actually wanted to join the podcast and I self-invite, I invited myself, you know, into we, we got to mention it. No, it's because um, when I was listening to you guys talking about martial arts movies, I can feel the enthusiasm and I can feel the love for that particular genre of cinema. And, you know, as I was listening, I, I was like, I want to I want to um, I want to be part of this conversation because um, that's who I am. You know, I, I I'm in love with martial arts cinema and and yeah, man. So thank you again for having me.
0: You you are welcome, and that's also one of the things I've talked about this on the podcast before. Also, though, so I was very fortunate that I met some amazing martial artists and stunt performers while I was in China. Right, some of our mutual friends, uh, like Joel Adrian, you know Tomer Oz, a lot of these guys, and then some of the other ones. You know, I'd meet these people, inc- uh, incredible martial artists. Some of them, their talent out of this world, and I'd go to talk about like old school kung fu movies. And a lot of them actually weren't that familiar. I mean, they would maybe know some of the bigger Jackie ones, but I'd want to talk about something obscure. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, actually, I don't really know martial arts movies that well. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know like the industry you're in and how talented you are? And that's why I love telling the story when we first met was uh, at the Shanghai Sports University, uh, Shanghai Qiyuan. It was like the the welcoming night for the the foreign student body. So because y- you were obviously from Germany, I was from America, and there had been this, this like rumbling, this rumor. And they're like, oh, there's a member of the Jackie Chan stunt team that's at the university. And I was like, what? No way. And so they're like, eventually they're like, oh, yeah, it's that guy over there. His name's Max and blah, blah. And so I went to talk to you, and the first thing I asked you was, "Well, what's your favorite old school Jackie movie?" And mm-hmm. when you said "Fearless Hyena," which is my favorite old school Jackie movie, I knew you were the real deal. I knew you were legit. And even when watching uh, some of your uh, incredible solo work, your your short films. Uh, such as the end fight you did, the crazy Jackie Chan style one, the keen eye will notice your direct tribute to Jackie, including that final triple kick, which is pretty much looks identical to the one in Miracles. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. if that's what it was supposed to be, but that's how you know that you have a legitimate love for the genre as well. And that is why it's, it's individuals like you that give us faith that the genre will be carried on.
1: Oh, man. Thank you, man. That means a lot.
0: Is it, yeah, is it true uh, though? Is that did you get that yeah. kick from uh Miracles? Uh
1: a hundred percent. I mean yes. <laughs> I, I guess I guess I was running out of ideas or I wanted to pay homage to the film, but anyways, we put it in a movie or yes. the, the the fight scene. I love it. Yeah. I love
2: it. Uh, Max, I actually wanna jump in here. This is Gavin. I, I uh speaking on this topic specifically, I wanted to talk about your influences to find out who your who your influences are and also what AJ was just saying when we're watching your work, you do seem like this bridge from 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 the era of martial arts that we all grew up loving and into this into this next phase of where films are going. Uh, you seem to be playing a pivotal role in that. So I kind of wanted to talk see where your influences are and how you see yourself uh, furthering, martial arts cinema. Yeah. Very good question.
1: Well um maybe I start with the latter, which is where do I see the whole thing going? Um so, you know, a lot of people who are maybe just familiar on the surface with martial arts films, they probably um have a very um superficial idea about the whole genre because it is A lot of the things are cliche and a lot of the things don't feature a great story and a lot of times you know it's great fight scenes uh for the sake of action and we as movie nerds you know we we love that stuff but i think speaking to a more general audience i think what's important today is obviously to having you need a good script you know you need a good script you need good actors who you know cover both i mean the acting as well as the martial arts and for me personally speaking it's both performance like a lot of times i see people saying oh he is a martial artist he he can't act but to me that's like putting people into a box you know it's either the actor the actor or it's the martial artist where i'm trying to be more open minded and and have a different approach and i'm trying to say okay well here we have a an actor who in his toolbox has, he can speak Chinese, he can speak English and he can do martial arts. You know, to me, like martial arts is just a tool that you can use to enhance the character, to tell a story through movement, uh, through your physicality. And yeah, I'm just trying to make people understand to not really, like I said, put people into a box and just mark them off as either this or that. And, but I do think that the genre needs like a facelift. I do think that we need to, you know, go forward and move out of different patterns of the genre in order to make it to, uh, inno- innovate martial arts cinema. Cause if we, say, okay, let's just go back to the 70s or 80s and do what the guys did back then, then I think we would end up with something that isn't as good as it was in the 70s or 80s. And it also doesn't fit in today's world in a way because a lot of the stuff like, if you look back at especially Hong Kong cinema, right? Like the slapstick, the comedy, all those Mm -hmm. stuff, it doesn't really work anymore in today's world um for for a broader audience. And I think there's a different style of acting nowadays where it's really uh about realism and almost like a over realism where you do like nothing uh, sometimes with your performance. Whereas in the seventies and eighties it was all about uh being big at like you know, enhancing everything, even the action. So today the, the trend is really like, okay, we're trying to keep it as realistic as possible. And I don't know, I think we also, what we also need is a character, uh, let's call it a hero who who is vulnerable, who uh, shows some humanity, because most of the action um, figures or the characters, Uh, in today's film world are like badass killers right Mm -hmm. they just to just um, enter a room and kill 200 people and get out of it like um, as if nothing happened so um, in order to catch the audience and in order to make it more uh, exciting or maybe exciting is not the right word but in order to capture the audience I think what we need is someone who is more human, you know, someone who feels pain, someone who can occasionally, uh, be funny and doesn't have to be like, uh, serious all the time. So I think that that at least is the direction I want to go towards to. And another thing is to, um, I talked about this before in different interviews, but to bring back the spirit of true martial arts, which which is very different from only action films right because martial arts come with uh, a certain um philosophy you know and and um different virtues of how you carry yourself as a martial artist and i think um you know pr- promoting those virtues in the films that can have such a positive impact to today's audience instead of just uh, like i said before like just killing people. And and yeah, that that that's really the direction I'm um striving
0: for. and yeah, we're we're big on we've about multiple episodes, I think Gavin knows what I'm gonna say. We're huge on uh Bushido, you know, uh and obviously Wu Da or Mo Duk, uh the, you know, the the Chinese equivalent and, you know, the films of Lao Garlang used to always have that martial ethic, martial code in it. Uh both of us, and well all three of us to really being lifelong uh, martial arts enthusiasts and martial artists, Gavin having even grown up in Japan. Uh, these are the kind of uh, elements that are important to us and help drive the story, help create deeper characters and teach valuable lessons. As you said, even for youth, I'm very big on martial arts programs for the the youth in terms of teaching discipline, teaching respect. Uh, and I think these are a lot of things that just society worldwide uh, they're letting slip away and so to have a vehicle like film to project that to such a huge audience uh is incredible so i i would love to see more of that as well uh and so i i think that you're just right on the right page of what we as an audience we as fans also want to see
1: mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's just like You know, I did and I'm still doing a lot of research on 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 what the future trend could be or where I see the genre going, because um, it's so interesting. Like, I think it always comes in waves. And right now, we're really at a point where it's very violent and and everything has to be violent, you know, like, and I personally don't see myself continuing that trend. I rather go into the opposite direction and do something different. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, which I think is good because, for example, even uh, obviously a a good friend of yours now, uh, uh, Joe Taslim. I love Joe Taslim. He's amazing. His performances are amazing. I love that whole team out of Indonesia. But even a film like The Night Comes for Us, which I enjoyed, but I remember watching that and just being like, holy moly, this is just, wow, it's violent. And I still loved the film. The choreography is incredible. The film is incredible. Great story. It was just, it's kind of like getting to that point. Like you said, I'm like, okay. Now let's maybe shift back the other way, right, and just have more options. You know what I mean? I think it's great when we have a different aesthetic uh, in terms of, okay, maybe we do have some more darker violent films, but it would also be nice if somebody brought back some of that lighter energy Still serious in terms of the way the film is made, but just giving the audience something different, especially, I mean, sometimes in the world we are in now, things can be kind of dark, kind of unfortunately sad or even depressing. And cinema is such a great way to lift the spirit. And when you have something really inspirational uh, that can Pump you up and inspire you. I I think that's great. So and you know it's like it's like yin and yang, right? It's great to have both sides.
1: Totally, totally. Yeah, man. I I really think as filmmakers we do have a re- responsibility. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but uh, that's the. Way. I mean, like, uh, you know, if I cite like Mussolini, the greatest weapon is cinema. You know, like that's you can influence so many people by. Letting them watch a film and, and in a way educate them or maybe not educate them, but just giving them a different perspective on how things could be. And I, I just think that's what we really need nowadays. I mean, the, I don't, otherwise the, 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 the other option would be to make it even more violent. But I think you just reach that point where, you know, how, how much further can you go? Like.
0: And, agreed yeah. agreed as i said like as as you know as much as i love the film like the night comes for us i'm like man if we take it any far farther than this we're uh we're we're venturing into some dark territory but uh so yeah,
2: you know if hearing you talk about uh the direction you want to take cinema and particularly uh exploring martial arts and not necessarily the violent way we're seeing it today, it kind of makes me want to follow up on influences, but maybe your filmmaking influences outside of the martial arts and action genre, because I, I, I'm i very curious to know, uh, to, to know where maybe some of your uh, artistic influences lie, and that might even get us to talk a little bit about your creative process a little bit when you're approaching a project. Yeah,
1: I mean nowadays I really try to watch everything, you know, uh, just broaden my mind. And just like lately, uh, I dabbled into the horror genre because um, my partner, she is a filmmaker as well, and she was like, like her favorite genre is like horror. And I was, I always was like, nah, nah, that's that's not my thing. But you know, I was, uh, eventually I was like, yeah, let's give this a go. And and I found some some amazing films, uh, you know, in 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 that genre, and that. Kind of gave me some ideas for like, Oh, what if I can combine this with some martial arts in here? Um, but when I was growing up, really, I think until I was maybe sixteen seventeen 17, uh, I predominantly just watched martial arts Since I think i that's I thought that that's all that was there basically like yeah. my 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 um view of things were a bit <laughs> narrow, um mm-hmm. but that was okay because I was just um a nerd, and nowadays I'm like I said, I'm just, just trying to watch everything. You know, uh, I love I love art house films, for example, like a twenty four stuff. Like I, right. I, I I love that stuff, and I think I'm thinking like, what if you do an a twenty four with like, for example, like mix it up with the rate, combine it with the rate, or um, you know, what could happen if you would take different elements out of different genres and combine them together? create something new i think that idea is really interesting to
2: me um yeah i think i think what one thing that uh, one of the movies and and influence one of the influencers that brought aj and i together was samuel hung and i think one thing that we always say about samuel hung is that every step of the way he's innovating maybe every four films he's changing a different way of telling a story creating uh action sequences and i love the idea of of your approach of trying to find an art house action horror genre. And I think the link of all of this ultimately is how the humanity of the characters. And I just, I love the idea that you're not necessarily trying to repeat the, the past, but, uh, innovate into the future. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, um,
1: who who said that? Um, like oh, a, that's me,
2: Gavin. Or are you finding a quote? Sorry. No, there's this quote like a good artist copy
1: and great artists take like copy, but but they re-innovate it, you know, and then they make it different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but yeah, stuff like the A twenty four movies, like I love the cinematic style they 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 choose because they th- they films like you know all share the most of them share the same kind of cinematic style and and i'm just thinking like yeah that would be so interesting to see a martial arts movie shot in that uh particular way but speaking of Sammo, i think Sammo is yeah it's, he's my favorite action director no doubt like it's about you know the kinetic like the the, the the power and the impact that he produces with uh, his shots or the way he stitches together different shots and um the framing the angles and the the rhythm he creates you know with the camera and not only the performance and different frame speeds and um yeah yeah i love him
0: Yeah, agreed. I mean, and uh, Gavin, I usually agree about this too. There was this period where he did like three films in a row, kind of towards the end of his peak, whatever, where I think he really hit just his stride in terms of perfection of all the elements you just mentioned and where he did Mm -hmm. Pedicab Driver, uh, Skinny Tiger, Fatty Dragon, and even Pantyhose Hero, which as a film is a little over the place, but the action, it's his ability to combine the different framing of the camera, whether it's medium shots, close up shots, the rapid fire speed editing that in lesser hands would look really uh, uh, uncomfortable and not be visually digestible for viewers. Uh, But he could do it. He could do whatever. He could just do it more old school Kung Fu style and let the camera just record. He can do the rapid fire edits. He can. uh, Yeah, it's just his ability to combine all these different filmmaking styles is what set him uh, really above most others.
1: Yeah, man, I, like the the rapid fire cuts or whatever you call them, you know, like in Petticoat Driver, for example, there's like a uh, 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 cut like every, I don't know, like how many <laughs> frames, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, like how it's, fast. So,
1: but that's like another prejudice this about filming action, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we, we want the long shots, we want the wonners, you know, but. Man, look at some of the samurai stuff. There's like uh, one second, uh, one one shot per second. You know, it, it, and and it works and it, it, it sells. It, it and, and the audience knows what's happening. That's that's the crazy thing about it, even though it's so fast.
0: Right. He um, created a, a good balance. If he did that entire ending fight scene with Billy Chow of that style, the whole fight it would be too much. But it's that balance of the combination of those quick cuts, blah, blah, blah. And then there's certain shots where it's just the panning camera. And if I recall, Billy Chow does like a push kick and it's the, 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 there's the longer takes. It's just this beautiful blend. And as you said, the audience is able to still know what's going on, even if they're not as familiar with the genre. So that just speaks to his filmmaking talent.
1: Yep, definitely. I think a lot of uh, if we're talking about fight scenes in in particular, I think a lot of it has to do with creating tension, creating and releasing tension. Same with uh, a drama scene, like a dialogue, for example. You know, you don't want it to be boring. You don't want it to be flat. So what do you do? You play with the rhythm. You you stretch a certain moment or you make it super fast and amplify it. So there's different ways on how to manipulate uh, or create a scene. And he Samuel Perfect he 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 like a master, he knows what to do in order to create this or that effect. And yeah, he's a true filmmaker.
0: And we've talked about this on the podcast how the best fight scenes almost are a story within themselves. They kind of have that three act structure, right? And so it gives the ability for us as an audience to be invested in the fight, not just, oh wow, this is cool movement. Wow, very cool. But there's a progression to it. Right. And even when I was teaching my students, uh, my film students a few weeks back, we were going over the three act structure. Then we were going over, uh, beats make scenes, scenes, make sequences, sequences, make acts, acts, make story. Right. And it's the same thing, even within this fight, like you just said, there can be those, those little beats and then, Oh, the, the sequence of that particular, uh, fight scene and then okay, that was that scene. Now we're going into a three act. You know, there's uh an inciting incident that starts it off. There's the rising action, there's the climax. Uh, the best fight scenes when we think about them, uh whether it's a Samoan or even Jackie versus Benny the Jet and Wheels on Meals, they follow this structure. And uh and in more modern terms, uh Colin Cho versus Donnie and Flashpoint, same thing. These are the greatest fight scenes of all time really follow this sort of story arc of their own within the fight scene
2: mm-hmm, yeah, so if I could flash back to your early days, if we could just go there a second, I wanted to talk to you or ask you about the the support system you had in place uh you know, you and AJ talked about how you set a goal for yourself and you've attained that goal and you're continuing to grow towards the full potential of that goal. I wanted to talk about your your support system and also about, the martial arts community in Germany to hear a little bit about that because you know a lot of our listeners some of our listeners know about it and others uh, it's a new territory for them yeah right um okay so a bit about my personalities.
1: I I I always been a dreamer like as a kid I was daydreaming the whole day in school Uh, you know I I was that (laughs) type of kid um and I I don't know where it comes from, but I, I was, I always had that vision where I wanted to go. And I, I, it's, I honestly, I I try to explain it, but I, I, I can't explain it because I don't know where it comes from. It must probably be a gift, you know, like, um, and I grew up in a family, uh, of musicians. My father is a conductor and my mom is a singer. Uh, she studied some acting as well, but, uh, I wasn't, uh, like directly given that, uh, platform or, you know, the surrounding of, you know, oh, just, just go on a film set. Like here's that contact or, uh, meet that person. So I really, in the beginning had to hustle a lot, a lot, a lot. And I didn't know how to start actually. So, uh, that's why, that's why in the beginning, I just, Uh, became an extra you know there was no other way and my dream went to become a stuntman but just a kid who has a dream about being in a movie business how can you become a stuntman in in germany Uh, it it was it was really hard in the beginning to get um, the ball rolling so what i had to do and what i what i found out for myself and it still applies today is you gotta do stuff by yourself, like create be creative, like uh produce content, like be active, do do something in order to gain some attention, which then hopefully will lead to some people seeing you and be like, "Oh yeah, 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 this guy, uh let's give him a chance, you know so it was always that thing of um bringing friends together or other um people who were training martial arts and and just start to uh film like short fight clips and um uh yeah so i like i said i wasn't really given given a platform to start right away in the in the film business um
0: Yeah, I I think if you weren't making short little martial arts movies with your friends when you were like in middle school and high school, then you aren't really a true fan. Because I think we've we've (laughs) all, for example, I started doing that like in seventh and eighth grade with my best friend, Eric. We had his parents' old VHS recorder Mm -hmm. and we were just making, we, we literally could just edit it with with the VCR that's how we edited it and then I know Gavin who also studied film in college uh, in the late 90s made some uh, interesting martial arts films that he shared with me so
2: yes I've only shared them with AJ not beyond that yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, you know I think it's just true passion and I tell you if, uh, if I like All, all the big, the big movies, you know, that's, that's, that's all great. But like, I really love to just take a camera and do something that, and, and, and tell a story that, that I, that I want to tell. I think because late, like, I, I think I sat down last week and I did some analyzation of where I want everything to go in the next couple of years. And I was like, why did I even start all of that? So the question came from, I mean, the the answer comes from when I was a child, you know? I love taking the camera and filming stuff and tell a story. So, yeah.
0: Amazing, amazing. And uh, you and I were talking briefly before, uh, just via text, about kind of how your goal is to be able to create that work which in which you are not only the star but the director the writer the choreographer to really give uh your full creative control and relating that back to some of the best work that we've seen from some of our favorites is the same way i mean you know bruce lee's way of the dragon that is why that is truly like the most real bruce lee film i mean he wrote it he directed he started it it was his first time having 100 percent creative control we look at jackie uh for example our mutual favorite movie, Fearless Hyena, right? That was one of the first ones where he got to write direct action choreograph star. And it, it just, it allows you to, to have no reservations, to have no restrictions. And especially with the short films that you've done, uh, I, I feel once you're able to step up to that major motion picture platform and have all that creative control, we as an audience, we're gonna be treated as something very special. Uh, especially though the one I really liked recently was actually the Shaolin Temple Germany film you did. Mm -hmm. And that (laughs) I feel is is kind of, it embodied that spirit of classic Jackie Chan, but like you mentioned on a modern framework. So it didn't feel derivative of Jackie Chan. It didn't feel outdated. It felt like something fresh and new, but for us as an audience, it was also kind of familiar. How did that film Mm -hmm. come to be?
1: yeah thank you man uh that really just happened during covid i i was in berlin and for mortal kombat 2 i prepped with a shaolin uh, a shaolin monk uh, who runs his own school here in berlin so um as i was training with him he asked me if we could uh, film like a promotional video for his school and i was like yeah sure let's do it because it was during COVID and we all had nothing to do. So we decided to, you know, create a little short film. And, um, originally he just wanted me to be like a student in that short film. And, but he kept asking for ideas. What could we do? What could we do? Um, and I ended up, you know, directing and like editing and like putting it all together. because. It was fun. It was fun. And, um, it, I think it just took us two days and we didn't actually have like a script or anything. We were just like, okay, maybe this is happening. And then from here we go there and then, you know, just, um, yeah, coming up with stuff as we go. Um, but it was fun. It was fun.
0: And I can't believe you only shot that in two days, but also that's that's the brilliance already of your uh, filmmaking style is there's no dialogue in that, yet it's such a great story that is told uh, and something that we can re- all relate to. I mean, the and maybe I'm just reading into it too much, but it's like, oh my gosh, the stresses of life, right? The anxiety, the work, 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 and then fun- finally finding this release, right? And that's the the character that you play in that. Uh, and also, I love the acting in it from both sides, from uh, your Shaolin instructor as well. For somebody who's not an actor, I thought he played the the classic Sifu or Shufu role quite well uh, in both of you guys. Uh, uh, I've I've already watched it like a dozen times, so I've, I've quite enjoyed it. And my partner, Jessica, also really enjoyed it as well, who uh, you've actually met before, if you recall, Max, but it was a very long time
2: ago.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I sure, never thought sure. that um I never thought it would land on uh, YouTube or anything because I thought it was just a promotional video for their school, so if we now looking back, like if we had more time and mm-hmm, would have made it better
0: oh, I, I, well, and I think you could always say that, right, even me as a fighter, it's like even on sometimes when you have a, a great fight, you're like, oh, I could've done this better or oh, I could've done that better, and that's just the sign of not necessarily a perfectionist, but somebody that takes their work seriously, right? You can always improve. You can always strive for greater accomplishments, uh, yeah. and more creativity. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, 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 we'll hang on to you here for about another 10 minutes. Let's, uh, we're going to, let's ask some, uh, some random questions here real quick. I know Gavin's got some, I've got yeah. some. So I- in more specifics, when, like, right now, what's your kind of daily martial arts training routine or your weekly martial arts training and fitness routine? Because obviously obviously, uh, you're in incredible shape. You're an incredible uh, martial artist. Uh, so what does your, like, weekly routine look like now? What do you focus on the most?
1: Uh, it really, really depends on the project I'm shooting. So for Mortal Kombat 2, for example, the one that we just uh, finished – I, I prepped with the the Shaolin monk, you know, I learned some, some Shaolin forms. I learned the choreography of, for the fight scene, because the, the studio sent me the previous for, for the action, like, I think seven months in advance. So I had a lot of time thinking about each and every move and giving them a little bit more flavor here and there. So, and then and then it's uh, a mixture of for for uh, conditioning I would do a lot of calisthenics like body weight exercises these days like predominantly pull-ups and dips mm-hmm. and uh, I found those to be very effective um, I play a bit with weights here and there Um and um, another thing I do re I've been doing recently is like sp- sprinting, like hill sprints, <clears throat> find that re- really good to become more explosive, you know, which is very beneficial for martial arts training. Um, um, and, and lately I've been dabbling a lot into Sanda or Sancho Chinese kickboxing.
0: <clears throat> because,
1: yeah, because that's, um, Uh, okay. I'm giving out a little secret, but that's the style I'm going to be playing with in, in the future.
0: Um, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your, your training routine sounds very functional. It's, it's similar to even what I do when I'm getting ready for a fight, uh, Uh, especially the calisthenics, the sprint work, plyometrics, everything like that. And I can speak for your power that you can generate, because I'm not sure if you remember this, but there was one time at the sports university, I remember it was a like cold, dark day in the the Sonda training hall. And uh, as you recall, there was no insulation. So during the winter, that place was freezing. And it was just me and my Sonda coach, Jeff, hitting pads. And you went in there to film some uh, kind of like demo reel stuff. And I forget the gentleman you were working with, but he was a little bit smaller and you wanted to do the classic triple sidekick like Donnie Yen style. And your Mm -hmm. uh, friend was too small to hold the pad for you. So, uh, Jeff, my Sonda coach, who was always volunteering me to do stuff, including sparring with guys like way better than me. He's like, Oh, AJ, why don't you hold for him? I said, Oh, okay. (laughs) So I, I remember, uh, and I'm not sure if this footage even still exists, but I was wearing my UC Santa Cruz blue hoodie and I'm holding the pad for you. You jumped up and did the triple sidekick. And I remember thinking, oh my God, (laughs) like that. I could feel uh, the power. And the funny part is if that footage still exists, I would actually be on the behind the scenes training footage for not only you, but also your now good friend, Louis Tan, because Louis Tan did a series, uh, I want to say it's called Fight Camp. And on his first episode he did of Muay Thai, it was at the gym that I was training and fighting out of at the time with Sugarfoot. And you actually see me in the background in my yellow Bruce Lee shirt hitting pads with Sugarfoot as Louis Tan is training there with his father, the famous Philip Tan. So, uh, yeah. Long story short, I can attest to your power and functional ability. And so for you to start utilizing more Sanda would be incredible, especially just because not only is it such a functional martial art, it's also aesthetically very beautiful with the throws and everything else. So that's quite cool to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to answer your question, that footage still, it does exist.
0: I can send it to you whenever you want. That would be Uh, awesome if you could send that. I'd love to see that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, I think, uh, Sanda, like you said, it, it works really well on screen and I don't think people have portrayed it, um, as good as, as it actually looks like in real life scenarios, uh, because, you know, it, it's like those, uh, four elements, like the, the striking, the kicking, the grappling, I mean, the throw, um, wrestling and then, um, the grappling. So, um, yeah. I, um, at the moment, I'm experimenting with a couple of stunt people on how to bring that style, uh, in front of the camera, because especially, uh, simple things like sidekick, like powerful, well executed sidekick. It's just a really nice line that, uh, or shape that it creates on screen, you know, um, and, and the throws, like, the impact that comes with those throws like um yeah um uh th- there's gonna be there's gonna be something in the future
0: awesome yeah even in flashpoint when uh the final fight donnie does a great so for for listeners that don't know sonda has a lot of great uh, throws or shuai jiao or shuai fa where you catch the kicks and you sweep and throw. Sometimes they look similar to judo, but there's also some unique ones where you catch the kick and throw them. And there's this one beat where he catches uh, Colin Cho's roundhouse kick and does a classic Sanda takedown. And the way they shot that, I just always thought, man, we need to see some more of that. So right mm-hmm. on, right on. Uh, so Gavin, uh, you have a question.
2: Yeah, so, And, uh, and, I'm and by the gonna... way, sorry, we can,
1: uh, I mean, we can do it as long as you guys want because I'm free right now. So don't, oh, okay. feel, don't feel to rush or anything. Awesome. Yeah.
2: Okay. So uh, AJ and I, we probably have five episodes like this now where we talk about our favorite comfort films. These are movies that we can turn on, watch, get influenced by, but also inspired by, have them on the background. But they're just essentially our go-to mood lifter Kung Fu martial art films. And I just wanted to see if you had any, I know we're just kind of, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but are there any martial art films? Obviously probably Fearless Hyena, but are there any films like that or any even just fight scenes that you occasionally put on as a mood lifter or inspiration? Yeah, a lot of them.
1: Uh, (laughs) I I would say maybe for each actor, each martial art actor, I have like a favorite, favorite film like, uh, for Donnie, it would be SPL, you know, yep. shop along that, uh, that is like my absolute favorite. Uh, I've been watching that film maybe over 30 times, like, from okay. beginning to, like.
0: It, it changed the game, man. When that came out, it was just, my mind was blown when I saw that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love the alleyway fight scene with Jing and Donnie, um, mm. I also love the film in general because it works and it, it, it just, you know, even without the martial arts, it would work as, yeah. a, as a cop thriller. So, and uh, I like the cinematics, the, the lighting, you know, the, the music. Um, another uh, favorite fight scene of Donnie and would be uh, obviously Flashpoint. And I think that's probably where he peaked with his MMA style. Um, but lately, Raging Fire was great too. Yes. I just I just think that um, Flashpoint was like probably yeah, the the best in in terms of the MMA.
2: Agreed. Well, I I love both those films as well because there's there is that there is a moral tale within that, and there's growth for every character, and they they sort of encounter the growth. Yeah. during the process of their martial arts and during the process of the action scenes.
1: Yeah. Um, and
2: another one would be
1: Ip Man One, I think. Legend of the Wolf, which not a lot of people yes. understand, but Legend of the Wolf to me serves like as a, it's, it, it almost feels like a test for what Donnie wanted to do, like an experiment of, mm-hmm. of different things. Um, and I know from a couple of people that, the way he shot back then was just like putting like one of his stunt guys in front of the camera and letting them do like hundreds different variations of reactions. And then in the editing room, he would just pick and choose what would work and whatnot, but just like very experimental
0: and like, um,
1: yeah, I love it.
0: I love that oh, yeah. film as well. It, it was one of the first DVDs I ever bought when I was transitioning from VHS to <laughs> DVD, and uh, which I was very hesitant about doing. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. But then when it gave me access to other films like that one, for example, I remember watching that and just being blown away. And I still love that movie to this day. And that's it just gets me so excited because that's how, once again, Reestablishing what a fan of the genre you are, because Donnie had been implementing a lot of this stuff over the years. It was, it, it didn't come out perfect right away. He had to experiment. He had to go into the laboratory, as our sensei would say, and try things out. As early as you know, uh, I love in the Line of Duty Four, he was experimenting with grappling, and same thing with Tiger Cage Two. Then we get into Legend of the Wolf, a, aka the New Big Boss. That's what it was released as here, and the kinetic energy and that he started experimenting with it took some time right with him as a director and then that's why we got these films like SPL and Flashpoint uh he just never gave up on creating that style
1: yeah yeah exactly you can totally see the progression when you start watching his films how he became better as a action director director actor choreographer um so that's why this film is very interesting to me I I not necessarily watch it because I get like um so entertained by it but I, I watch it because i analyze it and see oh wow even him he had to do he had to take those different steps in order to get where he is now um and giving us amazing fighting like the ones in SDL or flashpoint you know so yeah i appreciate that film for that reason
2: uh and i don't want to put you on the spot but do you have any films of of daiko or jackie chan oh uh. Of
1: course. Um well, Jackie Big Brother. Um definitely the police story series. Mm-hmm. Um, police story one, two, super cop, amazing. Uh new police story. Love right. it. I love that movie. I just watched it a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh Rumble in the Bronx is probably my favorite let's call it American film. Yeah, Okay. Um, because it was a co-production, I think with, um, <clears> or <throat> the Columbia pictures or oh, new line cinema, Maybe,
2: new line, new line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, in the Bronx works very well for me, even, uh, until today. Uh, I think it aged very well. um, um, yeah, help me. I don't know. There's so many Jackie films.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, agreed. And funny enough, speaking of which, if you're going to be in America by chance uh, near the end of March, March, I think 16th, right? Or no. Yes. Yeah, they're doing 16. Yeah. So the new Beverly Cinema, Quentin Tarantino's movie theater where they show everything on film. They're doing a double Jackie Chan screening of original 35 millimeter prints of Drunken Master 2 and Mr. Nice Guy. So if you oh, want to wow. venture out. Yeah. If you want to fly out here, uh, we can all go see it. Uh, our other mutual friend, Danny Soleil, uh, Dashing Shing will be there. So yeah,
1: Danny, yeah, Danny, I yeah, miss him. he's great.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Um, I totally forgot about uh, Drunken Master 2. Yeah, Mister Night is one too.
2: Yeah, it, it, this is the reason why we have like five episodes on Kung Fu comfort films because we always forget films, and then as soon as we finish recording, we remember five more. So we we just keep re-recording it's just there's so the 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 genre is so rich with films that entertain and also i'll say educate inspire so yeah every time we record we think of new ones okay yeah and
1: i i mean speaking of like Roman nebron's super i think stanley tong and jackie worked really well for for a time Uh, yes um like just just you know, um, one after another, like first strike and what else? Um, first strike, supercar, Brumlin and in the Bronx. Those were all like fantastic. It's,
0: yeah. And it, it was, it, it, it was, it's nice because Jackie was, was able to trust Stanley and it took a little bit of the stress off Jackie, not having to do every little thing. Right. But still have a very competent director kind of, co-running the show with him. And I think that's why we got some of that great work was Jackie didn't have to focus on so much, even though he's totally capable of doing so much. I think sometimes it could just become overwhelming, right? Especially if every movie you have so, so many responsibilities.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Yeah, I think um, Jackie to me works the best, actually, when Samuel is directing him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you look yeah. at some of the work in Thunderbolt. Yes, um, the fight scene in the in the uh, car shop in the glass. Yes,
2: that's I, that's amazing. Like and, and yeah, I, I I love that fight scene because it, I if uh, AJ correct me if I'm wrong, Thunderbolt takes place uh, shortly in the filmography before. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy
0: before Mr. So, no- nice Guy just after Rumble in the Bronx because remember that's when he had hurt his ankle on yeah. Rumble in the Bronx so he is doubled
2: for some parts in Thunderbolt but it but, is prior to Mr. Nice Guy and I love that fight sequence that it's almost like a new style of uh, uh, choreography that Samo had been working on previously and brought to brought to Jackie Chan and I think they end up perfecting it in Mr. Nice Guy but I love that garage fight scene in Thunderbolt slash Dead Heat
1: I agree. It's so kinetic and so much power behind those kicks like I, I yes the thing I remember the most is when Jackie or let's say his double is jumping up and grabbing to what what was it something um something in the ceiling and and doing like a three sixty and then going with a like a back sweep and followed by a roundhouse uh kick to the guy's chest um yeah, I love it. I wish we could still have more of th- that kind of action in today.
2: Yes.
0: Hey, we we still can. It's up to you, my man. Yeah. So yeah, I'm th- that <laughs> that segues into uh, one of my uh, final questions. So talking about making your own films, uh, being the creative force behind it. Who would be, because uh, you've now worked with some m- amazing people. So obviously, aside from our mutual friend, uh, Danny Soleil, Da Xing Xing, uh, being in your film, but what would be your dream team? Like, with some of these individuals you worked with, uh, whether it's actors, behind the scenes and so forth, who would you want on this collaboration for you to make this just ultimate Max Huang film? Oof. Tough
1: one. Tough one, because... Yeah. Uh, I mean I always wanted to work with Samo and Donnie I just never had the chance to well uh Samo I uh, I met briefly but I never had the chance to meet Donnie again. um I would love to um you know be in in one of their projects but as far as speaking of my own project I think uh I would just like to give um some of the new people a chance. Um and I think there, there there are a lot of talented um on screen fighters nowadays. Um you know good example could be could be could be Joe Tesla or yeah. you know um even yeah um yeah People like Joe Taslim, Lewis Tan is, a, is another one. Um, some some people from from Germany actually are are amazing. Like, uh, do you guys know Mike Mella? Uh,
0: yes, he is a a, yes. a tiny amazing force of energy.
1: Yeah, it's like his kicks are just insane. And so I don't know. There, there are a lot of talented people and, uh, yeah, that would be,
0: yeah, I, I, I love that though. The, the idea of giving, uh, people, a platform, people a chance, right? So new people, just like you were given that chance, everybody needs to be given a chance. Uh, and sometimes the, the most incredible performances are going to be from these people that really want to prove and show themselves. And that's, that's the nice thing with, uh, current technology and things like YouTube, people have a platform to put their work out there. Uh, And is every short martial arts film that comes out amazing? No, not necessarily, but people are trying. But then every once in a while you get that gem where you're like, wow, this is amazing. This person's gonna go far. I hope they get the chance. So uh, that's cool that that's the mindset that you have in terms of like your dream project.
1: Yeah, and I I also think if I wanted to, do a fight scene for my film, I would most likely choose a a guy who is more of a real fighter than a stunt performer. Because look at some of the work in Wheels on Meals.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention that film in my top uh top ten. Uh, it's just
0: a given for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just a de- given That's yes. the default.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, but look at Benny Benny Ortiz in Wizard mm-hmm. He is the real deal, right? And uh, a lot of times, uh, I mean, you can see it, you know? I think if there was a perfect mixture of someone who is a real fighter but uh, has the stunt background, um, that would be op- optimal. But, yeah. Someone who who ha- has real sparring experience, who knows how to move in a in a real fight situation, um, I would go for someone like that.
0: Hey, well, if you uh you ever need me to fly out there and just get beat up by you, I'm your guy. Uh, so
1: <laughs> hey, why not? Maybe we got hey, the chance.
0: I'd love to, man. It would be my honor. Uh, Gavin, do you have a, another final closing question
2: or so? Uh, Max. Uh. If you listen to our episodes, we always do a language corner at the end. Mm. That's usually I'll I'll bring up a Japanese word or uh, uh, AJ will have a Chinese word for us. But with you on, we thought it'd be great if uh, you could uh, teach us a word in German uh, for us and our listeners. Is it a word or a sentence? Uh, Whichever you want, but a sentence could be a little hard for us to keep up with. (laughs)
1: Um okay uh in in Bavaria we say servus. Servus means something it means like, like hello. S- servus. Servus. Yeah. Servus. Servus. Nice. Yeah. Servus. And uh not everyone in Germany is saying that Just the people in Bavaria. So Okay. Uh um yeah, it's a Special, uh, special for that region, uh, but what it actually means is to be out of service mm-hmm. for someone. That's mm. that's a meaning kind. So zealous um, Yeah,
0: I like it. I love it. That's a that's a great one uh, for us. So, any final message you want to give uh, the listeners, Max, or any final notes you want to say, or well,
1: I think just keep listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast because. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That's what I do.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is this is a passion project for the two of us. Obviously, Uh, spoiler alert: we don't make any money off this. We do it out of a love for the genre. We love just talking about it. We love sharing things we love, and we're going to start doing more interviews. So, interviewing someone like you is what we'd love to do. Any up and comers? We're gonna. We have some big plans for this year. Uh, I'm very blessed that I have so many talented friends such as yourself. So we're going to feature some more people, people involved with martial arts films, uh, fitness, even anime. So yeah, we've, we've got some big things coming, but, uh, we appreciate the support always. And I've been a big fan of yours since I met you. Obviously I'm always rooting for my friends, but just very happy to see where you are and excited to see where you are going. Thank you, brother. And also Gavin, thank you so much.
2: Oh, uh, it's been a great pleasure to, to get to meet you and to just dive into uh martial arts, cinema, martial arts and also your your career and vision introductory. It's it's been a great inspiration. I'm gonna be listening to this episode myself in a couple of days. <laughs> oh man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I I could keep uh keep on talking for like
1: two hours straight because it's, you know, we it's a passion of ours. It's like feels effortless.
0: Most definitely. And in the future, if you ever want to come back and just specifically talk martial arts, even if you wanted to do a whole episode on SPL with us, we'd be down. So anytime you're, you're free and just want to get those creative juices flowing, let us know.
1: I take the invite.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) I love it. Actually, maybe we'll start prepping for an SPL episode later on where, uh, and to get your perspective would be amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
0: Cool. Then we'll plan for that later in the year. I love it. All right, my man. Uh, We'll end the audio recording here. Uh, Listeners, make sure and support everything Max does. Uh, Go check out his work on YouTube. You can look him up. Uh, Max Huang, uh, M-A-X space H-U-A-N-G. Watch his incredible uh, films, including No Way Out, the short Mm -hmm. film you did a few years back, which I don't want to give any spoilers, but our listeners will love that. So thank you once again, Max.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Gavin.